How's it going, everyone? Happy Friday. The weekend's here. But before we go into the weekend, we had a bunch of NBA news that happened yesterday. So let's just start it off right away. Russell Westbrook is coming back home. I'll start this off because I'm a Laker fan and just my first my first uh my first thoughts on this trade. So right away, I think it's a win for the Lakers. Right away, off the bat. You're getting a future Hall of Famer. You're getting a one-of-kind player that we'll probably never ever see. Triple double machine. A spark plug. Energy. He's gonna give you maximum effort 24-7 anytime he's on the court. The only problem that with with Westbrook is uh IQ wise, where he doesn't know whether to make the right play or to force a play. So, but that can come that can be fixed. Uh, when you when you have the right vets or right uh, player personnel around you, and I think with LeBron James right there, this is the perfect time for both of them to be next to like, together, because LeBron's already up in age where he can't be taking over a whole team for an entire season, and Westbrook's at the age where he still has the ability to do that, and where his main focus is about winning a championship. So I think both of them going hand in hand will be. Honestly, benefit the Lakers in the end with the championship. That's my thoughts. But let me give you your guys' thoughts as well. I, I also think it's a win for the Lakers. And I know, I mean, Westbrook is a uh, his stock has probably gone down a bit in the past couple of years, but maybe went up last year. He played well last year. But the thing that that was the issue with the Lakers this year when LeBron and AD aren't playing well, or they're not, they're not creating. The Lakers just are a terrible team. Like, they just have nothing else. And now with Westbrook, you have someone, anytime he's on the floor, he's going to be doing something positive on offense. Either, I mean, maybe not positive, but he's going to be shooting, driving, passing, doing something good. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense. But the Lakers aren't done trading or signing people because they have no shooters and they traded away ACP. And with Westbrook and LeBron, who are both sketchy shooters they definitely need some some three-point presence yeah definitely uh i think there's a lot that comes with the westbrook trade but when you look at it holistically like you're adding an mvp a former mvp to a team that's already won a title obviously some different personnel on the bench and you have to think consider things like that but you can't be mad about the addition i know people are talking about how the shooting on this team is going to be terrible how they're not going to be able to shoot threes all this stuff i don't think it's going to be as big of a deal as people are making it out to be anytime you can add a player to a caliber with that kind of caliber and talent to a team that's already this good it's only going to make you better um you know i mean five years ago people said with the warriors like there's not going to be enough uh space to shoot the ball and they made it work i I think it's going to be same thing here people can say what they want but this is going to be a really good team, and um, I don't, I don't know if anyone of us called it last time on the podcast on this, on our last episode. If any of us called Westbrook, but did, did you call him Jesse? Because I know I said Lonzo. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. But I don't think anyone. I think because I said Malcolm Brogdon, and then I was like West, but I could see Westbrook there, but I didn't really think it was going to happen this fast. Yeah. Yeah, well, this this was definitely surprising. I don't think we expected it so soon. But, I mean, if you're a Lakers fan, you've got to be happy. So, Jesse, kudos to you and your team, man. Yeah, man. 
Uh, another point I want to bring up why this is a, honestly a perfect. This is a perfect matchup. With when LeBron has been with the Lakers, or any time the LeBron, any LeBron James team, what's been the one? What's been like the one problem that every team has had? The one common issue. Anytime he leaves the floor, the production goes down. Now that you have a significant ball handler, especially a triple-double machine like Westbrook, you have someone you can trust out there when LeBron needs to get his rest or when AD needs to get to get his rest. Because Westbrook, he's like a Swiss Army knife. He can play, he can uh, score at will, and he can pass the ball. Gets offensive rebounds, putbacks. He just knows how to play basketball at, at the highest level. And with his uh, – but like I said, his his only problem with, like, that I see being with this team is playing in that one gear, playing that fast pace all, at all times. Because there's certain times in the game where you have to slow it down. You have to, like, make to make the right play instead of forcing something. But I think – but, yeah, but like I said, I think being under LeBron James, that's going to help because – LeBron James is going to teach him some stuff. Westbrook and Westbrook, it looks like a person who who loves to learn. Although we've seen Westbrook in the past be the type of person who's like, who cares what you say, I'm going to do it my way. I think now that he's at a stage of his, his career where he's uh, he's going to put all that to the side because he has all the accolades already. He's just missing that one thing, the championship. So I think it's perfect. I think another reason why he's going to be a great addition is – the relationship that's going to be built between Westbrook and Phil Handy. I think Phil Handy's going to get because Phil Handy has worked with the likes of well, we already know LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kobe Bryant, Kawhi Leonard, and now you're adding Westbrook to that. He's going to be able to make uh, he's going to be able to break down like a film session with them, show him like what he needs to improve on, how to improve on it, handles wise, shooting wise, reads wise. I just think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see a. We're not gonna see the same old Westbrook we've been seeing. I think we're gonna see a more focused Westbrook, a more tamed Westbrook, an actual, a winning Westbrook, because we haven't seen that Westbrook since them Oklahoma City days. So I think now with now they have LeBron James, it's just a match made in heaven. And also you gotta put in the the pick and roll, pick and roll between him and Anthony Davis. We saw what we saw what that looked like between Westbrook and Steven Adams. Now give an offensive threat like Anthony Davis. Dude. Dude, it's gonna be perfect. That's how I see it. That's how I'm looking at it. Someone's excited about it. I am. I need to get my Westbrook jersey already. Like what are they gonna like put the production <laughs> line out there? I need to know already. Is he gonna is he going back to zero or is he gonna be four again? I don't know. I, I would, I'd be down for him to be zero. I mean, I'm happy. I hate to say it, but I'm glad Kuzma's gone. <laughs> I think most Laker fans are glad Kuzma's gone. Yeah, the inconsistency was just too much to bear. Because one night you have him where he goes for 20 points, and then you have another night where he goes for, like, nine points. And just yeah. he, never, he was never able to take that next step. But – before before like, I tarnish him or say any bad things about him, I got to say thank you, Kuzma, for your time with the Lakers. You got us a summer league championship. And <laughs> first, first couple of years, you balled out. And I wish you well. 
them Hollywood lights blinded you a little bit, I want to say. But have fun in Washington. <laughs> you guys have any last words on the Westbrook situation? No, I think you I think you nailed it. <laughs> fun to see. Definitely. So we're gonna stick on the Lakers topic. One more one more topic of a buddy heel being called off. But could but he could could he still find a way to the Lakers? Have you guys heard about this? I have. Yeah. About a possible signing trade with Dennis Schroeder. And that could be involved with this trade where uh, Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzman will be sent to Sacramento. Buddy Heald will come to the Lakers. Or I forgot. I, I, I honestly remember. I remember something like that. So it would be part of the Westbrook trade then? I think. I believe so. Oh, that would make sense. Because if if it's not, I don't think there's any way. Just because the Lakers don't have anything else to trade, really. Because they're not going to. I mean, I guess it would be Dennis Schroeder that they trade, but that's like all they have. Because they're not going to yeah. trade Tucker, right? Or no, or Tucker. Yeah. Well, if they do get healed, that solves the shooting problem. Because yeah, we know he can shoot. He's a plus 40, 43 guy. And we know how well LeBron and Westbrook can pass the ball and get it to those corner guys. So it, it wouldn't just be good. It would be a great fit for the Lakers. He would have a, a fantastic year with the Lakers. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't know if most of the times when things like this happen, when a trade gets called off, it's unlikely that the player will still end up there. That's just the nature of the NBA and how trades usually work. But, I mean, you know, let GM – He's never been one to disappoint, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Buddy Heald still ended back up in uh, L.A., but as of right now, I think it's a little hard to see. But who knows? That would be a great fit. Though. If the Lakers get Buddy Heald, if we get Buddy Buckets, <laughs> just give us the ship already. That's what I would say. <laughs> We have a great shooter. I'm I'm labeling him great. He's he's a great shooter in this league right now. Right now he's a great shooter. Yeah, I think underrated because of because he's in Sacramento. Really, he's not able to showcase his talents to the on the world stage on the big stage, whereas as he would with the Lakers. And also, I gotta take into account that he was a Kobe, he's a Kobe Bryant fan. So and he wanted to come to the Lakers originally when he was in the NBA draft when the Lakers had the number two pick and I think we picked that's when we got Brandon Ingram. So there was a possible there, there's already a connection there where the Lakers were, were uh, thinking about drafting Buddy Hield back then in the 2017 draft or 16 2016 draft. So if the Lakers are able to get Buddy Hield uh, alongside Russell Westbrook and then you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I think that's a that's a core that could that could top Brooklyn, but who knows? Let GM and Palenka got to do their thing. Hopefully, it does. Hopefully, the league doesn't do anything to screw us over again, like they did with the Chris Paul trade. I think there's a difference between Chris Paul and Buddy Hield, if they're just going off of that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You, you know what? Too much firepower. Buddy Hill did win the three-point contest. If, if, they, 
if they didn't veto the the Westbrook trade, I think you're going to be okay with the the healed. I think you're good off for this one. Well, you know what's crazy about this whole like situation, like this whole scenario with the whole Westbrook thing. And I was thinking about it yesterday when it when it when it was going down. Just think of the storyline the NBA could possibly have in the NBA Finals, heading into the NBA season and then leading up to the finals. Yeah, Brooklyn. We, we already want, already knew Brooklyn. We want, they wanted Brooklyn in LA last year because of the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving situation versus LeBron James. But now you have Russell Westbrook to the situation where you have Russell Westbrook versus Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving versus LeBron James. That's true. And you got James Harden too with the with. Yep. KD KD left Westbrook because he couldn't win with them. LeBron James said, "Bring them in, we'll win with them." That's just another. That's just another. Another. Uh, that'll be another scenario where we'll say, "Oh, LeBron James top Kevin Durant if he's able to win a championship with them." And just think, I, I saw a tweet yesterday. It had to do with this whole th- situation. This would be like the the final. It would be a final part of a of a thirty for thirty. They call it the thunder that never struck. <laughs> oh you're, getting, you're getting a little ahead of yourself now. You're just picking the finals next year. Heck yeah. Like, you got to think of these scenarios like <laughs> storyline. You're, te- you're not telling me if that's that oh, game seven. If that, ge- if that series goes to game seven, that wouldn't be the greatest game seven of all time. Ooh. In theory, in theory, it probably would. Uh, Ooh, that would be crazy. I like that, Jesse. The NBA right now, I know the NBA and Adam Silver right now are just like, they're having a field day. They're loving this. New York versus LA. Like, just everything that goes into it. But like you said, we're getting ahead of, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Let's just wait till the season goes and we'll, 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 we'll take it day by day. But I'm happy about it. <laughs> So now let's go. Some Ben Simmons drama. Not drama, but more. Let's talk about Ben Simmons and the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So the Sixers were rejected twice after two ridiculous asking price. So the first one, they were rejected by the Warriors before the yesterday draft because they asked for Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, the number seven pick, the number 14 pick, and two future first round swaps. Ridic- I what do you guys thought? Ridiculous. I mean, did do they think the Warriors didn't watch Ben Simmons last year? Like, I mean, they're that's a bold asking price for someone who was scared to shoot in the playoffs. Yeah, and and it doesn't help that one Wiseman's still young. It, we don't know how his season would have turned out if he didn't get injured. And Wiggins just honestly had the best year of his career, you could argue. He had a great year. And then you throw first four first round picks on top of that when Ben Simmons was on display to the entire NBA and he wouldn't shoot in the fourth quarter. I don't I don't know what the, the thought process is there from the 76ers. I don't know if they even realistically thought that anyone would even consider taking that. It makes no sense to me. I, I don't – I mean, I think the first two are already a lot, but then you put four first-round picks on top of that, that's 
Oh, that's crazy. Hey, I, I don't know who, who the Sixers think Ben Simmons is because he's not Russell Westbrook. No, not Westbrook. He's not James Harden. He's not Drew Holiday. He's not well, Westbrook going to going to Houston. Where the, he's not Paul George. Because all what what do these four have in common? They all were at, they all got three first round picks for them in return. And what's the main difference between them and Ben Simmons? They're able to get a shot whenever they need to. Ben Simmons, honest, is just a a big defender who's great in transition. Who's whose game is basically based off his, his athleticism. I don't think he, he – I think he knows how to play basketball, but I don't think he knows how – he understands the game to that type of level where he can pick and choose the spots where the defenses are uh, aren't going to be able to – to uh, where you're able to read defenses and pick apart, pick them apart. So I think it's, it's a horrible asking prize. I'm glad – Golden State said no because what is Ben Simmons? I mean, you could say that Ben Simmons is going to bring the playmaking, especially because he has the shooters in uh, in both Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. So would you give him the the ball handling duties? Would you make him the point guard? I still think Steph needs the ball in his hands. So I, I don't know what the Sixers are thinking with that one. But let's go to the second trade when they they were rejected by the Toronto Raptors. So the Sixers asked for Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet, OG Ananobi, and the fourth-round pick for Ben Simmons. Just asked for the whole starting lineup. Exactly. Like, what do you guys – like, what, I don't get what's going on, what's going on in Daryl Morey's mind. Like, who would take that? And like you guys said, especially oh after this playoff run – the only thing I'll say is you can't – your first trade offer can't be a low ball. So, like – because imagine if the Sixers, like, asked for, like – it was just, like, oh, Andrew Wiggins for Ben Simmons. Then everyone would be like, okay, so you don't value Ben Simmons at all. So I see, like, what they're doing, trying to be like, we see this guy as, like, a real player. He's going to be big, so we're asking for a lot. But obviously the Raptors aren't going to give away their three starting guards for – just one guy who's like he he hasn't proven that he can lead the team yet so there's just the sixers are in a bad situation with that yeah yeah i i don't i just don't get the thought process there realistically when the sixers propose these i would guess that's the only real reason to let the league know that they're not going to let anyone fleece them for ben simmons like they want if they're going to give him away they want a good return on it so maybe those trade offers last night were nothing more than just like a message to let people know where they stand on the Ben Simmons situation. Maybe they didn't even expect them to be accepted. But, I mean, it, it, they were never going to be accepted in the first place. That's ridiculous. And then you put the fourth overall pick on top of that. Nobody is taking that. So, But one thing I got to think about, though, this has just got to be so deflating for Ben Simmons' Simmons's ego. I mean, this guy, this guy is just a trade piece now, and he's just teams are just saying like, we don't even want him. You can keep him. I, I feel bad for the guy almost. Yeah, this is like I think it's like kind of like 
it got, it is a bad time for Ben Simmons to be traded just because you had those four players that I named, what their asking price was, and that's where the Sixers value him as. as Because he is a transcendent player, don't get me wrong. 6'10", can move like a guard. His only problem is he can't shoot, and that's something that you can fix. But now that he's like, I want to say he's in like his seventh season, or he's already passed, he passed his rookie deal. I know that for sure. He's in the league for, for quite a while. But still not being able to shoot, it's a shame. I think that's that's what's holding him back because if he was able to have a shot, I think teams are flocking to him, like flocking to the, the pitchers in bunches asking for Ben Simmons. But just that inability to make a shot, is, that's what's hurting the trade value. I think realistically what they could get for Ben Simmons if they were to want from Golden State would be Andrew Wiggins, and maybe the number seven pick last year, like from last night. Maybe the number seven and fourteen pick. That would be that would be fine. Or maybe number seven pick and a future first round. That sounds like more realistic. Or with the, or with the with the Raptors, maybe getting Fred Van Vliet and the fourth round pick. That seems realistic. But yeah, asking for like half the roster is. Not really a good idea. Well, do you guys think Ben Simmons will be on a Sixers jersey before the season starts, or when the season starts? Well, I mean, I saw a report that said the 76ers were done with Ben Simmons. They they said we're done with him. We don't want him. So I don't, I don't think so. But I also said the same thing about Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So I don't know, man. You never know how these things work. But I wouldn't expect it. Any any chance I had for Ben Simmons to stay in six in Philly in my mind has just gone out the window. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't see it either, but I feel like the only team that's really going to trade for him is probably a team that doesn't have like championship aspirations. And I know the Raptors were pretty bad last year, but I mean, they won the finals just a couple years ago. So they still think they're up there and like the Warriors, they're going to be in it next year. So they're not going to, throw away all their proven pieces just for a guy to take a flyer on a guy really. So maybe like uh, like a team like the Magic or the Rockets or someone would be willing to throw a couple first round picks to give him a chance, but none of these contenders. I don't I don't know. I'm honestly at the I'm 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 50-50 on him being in a staying staying with the Sixers by the beginning of the season. I think one because I don't think they're going to be able to find a trade partner, especially for the asking price that they're asking that, that they want. So I think that's going to be a problem in itself. And whether they want to get rid of him already, it it's going to depend on how much they actually want to take. So I found this on the web. Yeah, it's going to be how much they want to take for how much how much are they willing to get for Ben Simmons? Because they're not getting. Three first round picks for him. Sorry. Yeah. So let's talk about the new generation of NBA talent that's coming in. So yesterday we had the NBA draft. Out of the top three picks, who do you think is gonna have the best career? Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, or Evan Mobley? I mean, it's hard, hard to pick. Or if you guys want to put like a sleeper pick in there, you guys can do that too as well. It's it's tough to pick someone's career. Just from the draft night, but 
I mean, the easiest option is obviously Cade Cunningham because he was the best in college. But who I think is going to have – I'm going to switch it just for my answer. Who I think is going to have the, the fastest impact is going to be Mobley just because he's in a better situation, I think, with Cleveland. And didn't they just – they just traded for Ricky Rubio. So he has a proven point guard, so I think he's going to fit in well there. And he's got Kevin Love and Jared Allen to kind of show him the ropes, so I I like that fit. But I think overall, probably Cunningham. I think Cunningham is the safe pick, and uh, I don't think March Madness was, like, the best representation of how good he really is. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little different here. I'm gonna say Jalen Green, just because people have been hyping him up as like the new coming of a. Uh, it's either James Harden or Kevin Durant. I think. I think it's one of those two. But he's been hyped up as the new coming of him, and watching his game, he's freakishly athletic. He can shoot the ball well. He can. He can do anything he wants. And in a situation like the Houston Rockets, where it's, it's his team really to take over with a KPJ and then Christian Wood, I think they're they're building a pretty nice young core over there. Probably not going to keep all those guys. Probably will trade some of it, some veteran pieces in a little bit. But Houston's a, always been a good place for basketball. They have a great culture there, and I think Jalen Green's going to come into that and flourish. So. Or, as for who's going to have the best career, that is really tough to say. Cunningham is probably the safe bet, but I'm going to say I'm going to say Jalen Green. I really like his game, and I think he can be some really special. So we got one Mobley, one Green. Uh, I'm going to go with Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one, two, three. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cunningham. Only for the fact that uh, – Cunningham's game is is a great fit for the NBA right now, especially at the age he is and the and the and his uh he's six eight two two hundred two hundred something. He can dribble the ball. He can play make. He has vision with his height. Can rebound. He's not gonna beat you with athleticism, but he's gonna outsmart you. So I think with that being said, and he's going to. I wouldn't say a winning situation with with uh, Detroit, but more as a but more of a he's going to. I think he's going to do a really good situation with Detroit in the fact that he has a former coach of the year in Dwayne Casey. He has a uh, Sadiq Bay, who was a uh, one of the top rookies from last year. I just think it's gonna be, and he has the like, the keys are given to him. He's not gonna have to. Yeah, he didn't have to outplay anyone for him. I think everyone knows in the building and organization and the roster that who this guy is, what they brought him in here for. I mean, he's the number one pick for a reason. He's going to get the keys to the franchise. And I think not that everyone's on the same page about it, and there's no there's no superstars on that team that's going to be like, oh, like I'm not going to give my spot up to a kid. So I think that's going to be a great situation for him. And just from the way that he's been talking and stuff and st- uh, and things like that after getting drafted, he seems like he really wants to be in Detroit. And when players sound like they really want to go somewhere, they're going to make the best of their situation, wanting to improve, wanting to bring uh, a culture back to Detroit, especially the type of culture that Detroit has with the bad boy Pistons 
and the 2004, the mid 2000s Pistons with Chauncey Billups, Brooke Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Ben Ben uh, Ben Wallace. It's gonna. Be, I think it's gonna be a real good fit. He his game is gonna translate to NBA real quick, and that's gonna be my pick. That's gonna be my pick, Cade Cunningham. But a sleeper pick. And I've been wanting to talk about this guy for a while. Ever since I saw him in the, in the SEC tournament, Cam Thomas. Just remember the name, all right? Cam Thomas. That's gonna be the guy from LSU. He got drafted to the Brooklyn Nets in the in the twenties. Dude's a dude can ball. He's a bucket getter, and he modeled his game after the after the Mamba himself. And I've seen when I, from what I've seen him play, there are similarities. Even though he's no, he he he'll probably never be somewhere near Kobe at all. His game, you can you can see his game is modeled after him. So I and he's not he has no fear nothing like that. So remember the name, Cam Thomas. And we're gonna go to our last our last section of the night or the, no, the morning actually. <laughs> Bradley Bill is opting to stay in DC. Is this BS or is he speaking facts? I think it's facts. I mean, he he's always wanted to stay there. I feel like he's never said he wants to leave. So there's not there's no indication of why he would be saying or he'd be. Someone would be making it up now. I don't think he should stay. I don't think the Wizards are in a good situation. I think he should go. I mean, I would like to see him on the Warriors. I wouldn't really like to see it, but I, as a basketball fan, it'd be cool to have three knockdown shooters. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's still in D.C. Yeah, I mean, I don't – he's never given us an indication that he's going to leave. So I wouldn't expect him to leave. I would expect him to stay there, but – I think a lot of the times, and we see it all the time with players, is that um, when uh, when players get fed up with the system and they can't they can't win with a team, that's when their frustration starts to build. After a few years of teams not surrounding them with talent and being loyal to them and trusting them, I think the most recent example of that, honestly, is James Harden. He kind of gave a lot to that city, and then you know they're never able to give him enough, and then he just left. So, um, I, I mean. I think it's great that Bradley Beal is willing to stick it out in a league that where most players aren't that patient. I think most players' patience have diminished, and they're just looking to win now. So I respect him for that, but uh, I don't think the window for him to stay in Washington is going to be too long, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's out of there in the next two, three years. And he should because I, there's not much going on in Washington. It's not like they have an amazing young core or, or assets to build around for Beal. A lot of capital to trade for, really. I mean, there's just not much going on in D.C. So I, I believe Bradley Beal. I think he's genuine. But I, in the grand scheme of things, I think he needs to get out sooner than later because Washington is just not a place you're going to win, even in the East. So he's got he's to do something about that. I think it's uh, I think it's B.S., he knows he doesn't. I think he knows. Yes. I think it's BS. Okay. Why? I think he knows he's not going to be. Able, he know he near. Here he knows he's not going to be able to win, unless they're able to make a big time trade for someone to come help him. He's not winning. He's not winning anything over there. I think, like you said, probably within the next 
two, maybe one, maybe after this season, he didn't give him one more chance. Just uh, not saying that he has to, but just to showcase his talents one more time to the other teams around him. That hey, maybe I'm the missing piece for you guys, and maybe that's the, that's what he, the opportunity he's taking right now with this. But I think if you're telling me that. There's a trade option to go to, let's say, if he, it's a trade to go to the Mavs, and oh. they ask the, to the Mavs, and the, and they ask them, you want to go to the Mavs or do you want to stay in DC? So you better believe he's coming to the Mavs. He's <laughs> staying in DC. Are you kidding me? If you were to tell me, hey, do you want to go to the Knicks or do you want to stay in DC? Do you want to go to Portland? Do you want to stay in D.C.? He would be uh, nice in Portland. Oh, man. It's like this is where I'm saying this is all BS because I think he's – because he's already getting – because he's – I want to say he's 26 years old. Or, let's see how old Bradley Beal is. I think he's older. Bradley Beal age. He's 28. Yeah, he is. He's, he's in his prime right now, so – Players in their prime, they want to compete already, not have first round exits, or not even, or skip the playoffs. So I think you give, you present him the option to play with the contender. He's gonna take it, like just like any other team. I I like the loyalty part about it. Don't get me wrong, I love the loyalty part about it. But let's be real, players are in this league to win championships. That's what we base them off of. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. But that's just the world that we're in and the, what the media does. We base uh, players' career success on championships. So if he wants to go down as one of the greats to play in this game, he needs some titles because just his resume right now is not even cutting the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Not even close to the Hall of Fame. So I'm saying BS. Fair enough. Fair point. I like it. I, I like the point you made about the maps. Send, send him to Dallas, man. Let him put the scoring <laughs> title in Dallas. Imagine him in Los Angeles. Oh, my gosh. That would be overkill. I couldn't. If he went to Los Angeles, man, I'd be so. I think he's going to go to Chicago. Which Los Angeles? I was going to say Chicago. Like, I was going to say Chicago. I think he'd be nice there. Wait, which Los Angeles? The Clippers? The or Lakers. The Lakers. Oh no! Please no! I can't! I can't! He'd be good on the Clippers too. Yeah, so the Clippers he'd be really good with Kawhi and Paul Jordan. We gotta see what what Kawhi's gonna do. We gotta see what Kawhi. He's staying. He's staying for sure. Who knows? I mean, you never know with this guy. That's true. But that's gonna be another topic for another day. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you guys again next week. Stay tuned. Have a have a great weekend. Later. <laughs>